0: Welcome to What's Next, Cornette Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornette Global. Joining me for this edition of What's Next is Lars Durrell, CEO of Altus Power. He's here to talk with us about carbon reduction, clean energy, and what's ahead in this regard for commercial and corporate real estate. Thanks very much for being here, Lars, and if you would, please introduce yourself a bit further.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much, Tim, for for having me. We're delighted to be part of Cornette's podcasts. Uh, My name is Lars Norell. I started Altus together with Greg Felton and Tony Savino in 2009. Greg joined in 2013, but I'd started the company before that uh, a little bit. And we focused on the nexus between clean energy and real estate. In particular, commercial real estate and specifically rooftops in parking lots is where we come and introduce large solar arrays that make clean energy that we then pipe into the building itself and let the tenant or the landlord or the owner operator buy clean energy made on their roof or in their parking lot at a discount to what they pay for brown energy. And the benefits, of course, uh, besides saving money on utility costs are that the building's carbon footprint is reduced significantly, in some cases, all the way down to zero. And it's a very good way to both save money and introduce clean energy to commercial real estate.
0: Okay, fantastic. What a great topic. And I don't know that there's one that's more uh, germane or more urgent for our listeners today. So thank you for joining us. So I'll start big picture, Lars. And so as we get underway, I'd say it's probably not an understatement to say that climate change is the number one challenge facing our our world today. Certainly, a lot of people would agree with that. World leaders gathered in Glasgow just last week to discuss ways to make faster progress in reducing carbon emissions around the world and more to our world, corporate and commercial real estate. With buildings consuming such a large proportion of energy production today, it would seem that corporate and commercial real estate has to be part of that solution. So I'd just like to get your thoughts on on this. Isn't this a really tremendous opportunity for real estate leaders to not only support their company's ESG goals, but make a difference in preserving our planet?
1: Tim, it absolutely is. It is very rare in my experience that such a big section of a corporate vertical, in, in this particular case, commercial real estate, has such an important role to play in the energy transformation that everyone thinks has to happen in order for us to basically save the planet and, and do the part on the, on the private and, and public enterprise side, our part to deliver the solution that's re- required. And in the case of commercial real estate, uh, not only does a lot of activity, in fact, most of commercial activity on the planet happens in and around large buildings, whether it's staff coming to work every day or clients coming to buy things from Dick's Sporting Goods or TJ Maxx or Ikea, or indeed uh, goods being manufactured in the same commercial real estate. But the energy that's being consumed is largely brown. That is to say, it comes from some fossil fuel source and it contributes to global warming and is otherwise uh, difficult to see as being uh, an integral part of the future of a green planet. So switching over and instead utilizing the rooftop areas that commercial real estate presents or the parking lot areas, or in some cases a ground next to those buildings and utilizing them to make clean energy instead to not only reduce costs for those entities and occupants that are in those buildings, but to reduce indeed the carbon footprint of them and to rely less on brown energy being piped into them. It seems like a really obvious solution that is a win-win for both the companies that are saving money and the planet that's now being able to sort of meet some of its uh, sustainable goals. And the question, of course, is how to do it and who to call and how the process starts and to make sure that you don't inadvertently cause some damage to your real estate, which is an important uh, part of of most companies' balance sheets. And that, of course, is what we spend our entire day uh, working together with large building owners. Uh, We've been funded from from, uh, 2014 by Blackstone, who owns a a lot of real estate and is eager uh, for us to help. And of course, now we are merging with a SPAC sponsored by CBRE, the world's largest real estate company. And all of their clients are asking us for help uh, with this particular topic.
0: Okay, fantastic. Now, Lars, I understand that tenants and landlords of commercial real estate of all types may be required soon to start reporting energy consumption and carbon emissions coming from those buildings. And you mentioned how you're partnering with CBRE. Preparing for that moment, what can be done to help commercial and public enterprises with that task if it does become a reality?
1: It's an important question, and it uh, dovetails on what we just talked about with uh, Glasgow and and the need for corporates to sort of rely on for their activities more clean and green energy. There are Voluntary reporting requirements that are currently imposed in some very large corporations like Google and Microsoft and others have begun to quantify the amount of carbon um, emissions that each of those companies generate and how they intend to reduce them. Other companies are following suit and making plans and declaring goals of reducing their carbon footprint, etc. But so far, there are very few governmental or regulatory rules that prescribe that you have to. Report what your carbon footprint is, or indeed how you spend energy, where it comes from, what it goes to, et cetera, et cetera. It's possible, and in fact, many market participants believe that uh, regulatory authorities throughout the world and in certain countries, and in our case, it would be, of course, the federal government or the state government or the Securities and Exchange Commission for publicly listed companies, et cetera, et cetera, might come to corporates and ask, we need to know how much energy you consume. We'd like you to tell us where it comes from and we'd like you to tell us what buildings is the biggest consumer etc cetera, etc cetera, so that you get a scorecard to some extent of what your carbon footprint is the aim presumably would be to turn this scorecard into some sort of a roadmap for what you're supposed to do to limit the amount of brown energy that you rely on limit the carbon emissions that come out of your buildings etc cetera, etc cetera. but in order to get there you first have to have a reporting mechanism if it were the case that building owners and occupants uh, and users of buildings have to start reporting on this. We believe that many of them do not know where to start. And CBRE, of course, to mention one entity, has building management systems that are currently tracking how much energy is being consumed uh, and piped into different buildings. But the difficulty is in relying on these particular reporting systems in a way that's rigid enough to satisfy a governmental entity, whether federal or state entity. So one of the things that we began working on at Altus is to introduce the concept of blockchain or an immutable ledger version of effectively tracking carbon sourcing and energy consumption in buildings in a way that would be verifiable By a third party like for example uh, the federal government or the state government or other regulatory agencies it will be possible in this framework to choose the regime that you'd like to be measured against whether you want to see what your building looks like against the paris accord you want to see what your building looks like against the united nations particular prescribed energy tracking and and measurement uh, regime or maybe glasgow once they come up with exactly what they intend to do and so this idea that your buildings and your activities should be measured and that you uh, as a corporate owner, real estate owner, should be able to report in in a verifiable way what these measurements reveal in terms of energy that you're consuming, where it came from and what it was spent on. That's something that we're very focused on. We think it's going to be a big part of running, owning and purchasing commercial real estate going forward. And this idea of a scorecard when it comes to carbon tracking and energy consumption and sourcing, we think will be an important facet of, of real estate investment and operations.
0: Sounds like big changes are coming. Okay. Now, Lars, I can imagine that there's a wide range of things that uh, real estate executives and companies can do to decarbonize uh, you know, their, their real estate. Uh, what would you say is the, the lowest hanging fruit that they might attack first?
1: We absolutely are in love, of course, because it's what we do most uh, most days, all day long, of introducing solar arrays to rooftops. There is an interesting topic around where to place solar arrays, and of course, where to put windmills as well. Uh, windmills have historically not really been a good fit for commercial areas. the The idea of having windmills in and among commercial buildings and and real estate doesn't sit well with the building code or the FAA, indeed, or tenants who don't want to see the blades spinning and making noises. So, solar really is the clean energy of choice when it comes to urban areas or suburban areas. Placing them on roofs is a win win because the roofs can't really function as any other real estate. Whereas, if you put solar on land, there's an argument that has some validity to it that you could potentially have planted apple trees there or potato fields or whatever it might be. But on roofs, That is where solar belongs. And historically, roofs have been a hot spot on top of a building that attracts a lot of heat and just sits there sort of baking in the sun. And so the lowest hanging fruit, we think by far, would be to go ahead and put solar panels and and an array on top of your roof and then enjoy the clean energy at a discount
0: uh, down below. Makes perfect sense to me. Absolutely. Now, I understand that on the horizon, just over the horizon, perhaps, are these big building based batteries, which is a fascinating concept to think about. So what will the emergence of that kind of cheaper energy storage mean for real estate broadly, and what will it mean for clean energy and solar in particular?
1: It will be, Tim, absolutely transformational. The introduction of storage unlocks one of the very significant limitations of solar, uh, which is its uh, dependency on the sun being out, and in some cases in force. With a storage added to it. A solar system becomes an energy source that you can rely on at night, early in the morning before, before the sun has come up, and indeed when the, when the weather is really bad or, or during moments when the sun is not uh, producing the amount of energy that the building depends on. So having a building that's currently connected to the grid and wanting that particular building to be more resilient has meant going to buy a generator usually powered by natural gas or diesel or or other sort of fossil fuels. And batteries also address resiliency. They allow you to operate your building depending on exactly the level of um, or the capacity of operations that you want to benefit from. It could be longer or shorter depending on the size of the battery that you introduce. A battery makes a building able to take down energy, whether from a solar system or the grid, and not consume it instantaneously but instead hold on to it for consumption later on. And that load shifting or time shifting to some extent of when you consume the energy that you've obtained is an integral part and will be an integral part in the grid sort of 2.0 that we think is, is around the corner. This idea that your building will not only house all its employees and its activities, but may also function as sort of a gas station when you introduce electrical vehicle chargers that we can talk about later on. All those things depend to some extent on the ability to store energy in making sure that you have an abundant source of it throughout the day and, and indeed night. Adding storage to solar means that most of that energy, if you'd like it to, can be, uh, can be clean because we can introduce a solar system on your roof of, of a big commercial building. Let's say it's a distribution uh, center up and down I-95 in New Jersey or Maryland or uh, other parts. We can build a solar system that's twice the size of what your consumption is and then put significant amounts of the output into the battery unit, and then let that battery unit release energy early in the morning, late at night, into buildings that are next to your buildings or down the street, or indeed sell it back into the grid. So so the concept and and introduction of energy storage, we think will radically transform the way we interact with customers and the way the customers are allowed or able to interact with the grid in in buildings uh, near theirs
0: exciting things ahead for sure. I did have a question about electric vehicles. Uh, you mentioned that. I, I think they're the way of the future. Everything I read seems to point in that direction. And, uh, you know, it certainly makes sense that they'll transform the way energy is consumed and, and delivered. But that really it sounds like that could put commercial real estate in the center of the solution because every building sort of, as you described, could be a, a gas station as it were in the future. And that seems like just a profound additional functionality for, for real estate.
1: We think so. We absolutely think so. We, if there's one theme, Tim, that we have begun to be more and more convinced uh, since we started Altis 11 years ago, will rule the day here. It's that the connection between real estate and the activities taking place in real estate and the creation and consumption, and then as we just talked about storage of energy, that connection is incredibly strong. And we think it will increase the value of real estate. Because in historical times, uh, real estate has been where your employees or staff come to sit and, and work and interact with each other. But now it might also be where the employees work and interact with each other and where the energy that they consume is being generated immediately above their heads, on the roof or out in the parking lot next to them. And the energy can also be stored for purposes of resiliency, whether you're a hospital or university and, and you need you know, uptime constantly. And now it can also be used to charge your vehicle. That you drove to that building with from home and then not only can you charge the vehicle for purposes of driving your car around tim during the day but conceivably you could come to work in the morning charge your car full with the solar energy that's being built uh, that's being generated at the commercial building take your car home and then discharge it into your house so now your house (laughs) can effectively power itself on the power that was made at your place of work during the day and so The location, location, location theme around real estate and and the value of it, we think will gain even more importance because of the energy that can now be consumed, stored, and indeed generated on the real estate to begin with. And we think an electrical vehicle, to some extent, is a battery on wheels. Of course, it allows you to effectively disintermediate the grid. You can now take energy that was made in building A and bring it home to your house or house B without passing the grid. Because the battery in your car is now doing the work of transporting that energy that the power lines used to do in, in, in years past. Not suggesting that we should replace the grid right now. I'm sure that there's, there's many reasons to retain it. But the fact that you could, of course, will bring more power to uh, consumers and, and, and owners of electrical vehicles.
0: Wow. Fascinating. That's just absolutely fascinating. And now, Lars, as we wrap up my, my last question, uh, your company has been partnered with Blackstone for a while, uh, since 2014, I think, and as you mentioned, is now partnering with uh, CBRE, the world's largest uh, real estate services company. How does this help the broader universe of commercial building occupants and owners? It's, surely it's going to have a big impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're very excited to have two, such large and all-encompassing partners It's helpful, Tim, because the solar industry and the C&I solar industry, uh, as well as resi and, and utility, have been characterized historically by having developers develop a solar deal and then move to a construction company that have sought to build a deal and then try to sell that to an insurance company or a pension fund or someone else who wants to enjoy the cash flows from the solar deal. And that daisy chain of handoffs has been somewhat difficult for commercial building owners to be impressed by and to feel safe uh, about because somebody's going to come onto their building and effectively on their roof and every commercial building owner in our opinion and experience feels very strongly about their roofs and then have that particular solar system possibly change hands again a couple of times as it finds some sort of final resting place we don't think that that's a conducive way to grow this industry we think growing this industry means convincing every building owner whether it's ikea Walmart or or some local developer or building owner in Maryland or Ontario, um, California, that industrial strength counterparties exist in this particular space. Somebody that can come to you, help introduce you to the concept they want, explain what solar energy can do to your building in terms of knocking out brown power, what storage can do to your building and the solar system itself, what electrical vehicle charging can add in terms of amenities for your customers and ability to distribute the energy uh, in, in this particular way. But do it from an organization with a balance sheet, somebody who can then take it into design, permitting and interconnection, somebody who's then in charge of the construction process, indeed ensures and, and sort of indemnifies the building owner against anything that might go wrong during that process, and then ultimately owns and operates the solar system so that the same person who spoke to you in the beginning is still there five years later when you have questions about moving some parts of the solar system because one of your tenants wants to build a climbing wall that's going to come up above the roof parapet, et cetera, et cetera. All those items, we think, speak to a larger organization, a more robust counterparty that gives buildings owners comfort to deal with what ultimately is a very important asset in, in most asset owners' books, which is their buildings and, and their real estate and, and everything associated with it. So we think there is a role for, for Altis to play here, backed by Blackstone, uh, backed by CBRE and on platform with with CBRE to bring that strength and the ability to scale quickly to satisfy building owners' demand across portfolios and across state lines. And there really hasn't been an entity like Altus that's that's been able to do that until we you know merged with CBRE's SPAC. That merger, according to the filings that are on record, we hope is going to get finalized in the end of the fourth quarter. So. You know, in the next uh, say six to six or so weeks, uh, and after that, we're gonna we're expected to start trading on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol AMPS, A M P S, uh, which of course short for amperage, and it speaks to what it is we do and what it is we want to add to, to building roofs and and uh, and parking lots, a lot of clean amperages, and so yeah, we're very happy about the position we're in, and, and we're very happy to be you know open for business and and able and ready and willing to help building owners across the country and and ultimately internationally with with this particular topic.
0: What a great way to wrap up our conversation. Thanks so much, Lars, it was great talking to you uh, today. Uh, I learned a lot and I dare say our listeners will too. And uh, I want to thank you again for sharing these helpful insights with Cornet Global.
1: Thank you very much, Tim, we really appreciate it. And we look forward to speaking with you guys again.
0: This concludes this episode of What's Next? Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.